Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Mila Likovitzer, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Well, thank you. Happy to be here. Great to have you here. I'm glad you drove out here. Did it take 33 minutes? 34, 33, no. Whenever I texted you, the exact time was... Did you go, like, the exact speed limit to get out here? Um, plead the fifth hmm. on that. Well, yeah, because we are being recorded. And the statute, <laughs> so, the statute's probably like six months on that. You never know. Yeah, so unless you want to hold this recording for six months. <laughs> We're not going to do that. No, that's funny. All right, so we should mention that you and I know each other because we work together. That's right. Uh, we work with a lot of really smart people. You're one of those really smart people, and I'm tolerated, I think is the distinction for the two of us. Yeah, to, to be fair, I, I, I think I tolerate most people in life. So, mm. you know. Try your, you try, you try really hard. Yeah, yeah I, do, I do my best, you know, for, for, the, for the little people. So I'm, I'm going to start here with you. You are one of three people that we work with, and we have, what, a couple hundred, 250 people that we work mm-hmm. with. Three of you got 800 on the math SAT, which is otherworldly to me because towards the end, and I took the SAT a long time ago, but I remember, like, I'm not even going to try this question because I'm not sure what's going on here. But for you, when you took it, and you took it, what, nine years ago, when you took it, it's like, oh, this is all really straightforward and easy for me. Is that fair? Yeah. I actually, I really like test taking in general. And the SAT, I always looked forward to it because, yeah, I, I thought it was so much fun. I did not um, look forward to it. I didn't like waking up early on a Saturday. Like that part wasn't yeah, fun. Yeah, because you had to wait. Why is it early all the time? Because uh, they hate us. It should, like, it should start around two in the afternoon. The whole test is like, how can I trip people up? Right? Like, especially the SAT. It's not like. Let me test your intelligence. It's like, let me ask a really simple question in like the most ridiculous way possible. And so they're like, you know what would be even better? Is that true for math and verbal? Oh yeah, the whole test. The verbal even more so. Yeah. Because the SAT verbal is the most ridiculous part. Uh, the, S- the, the math section of the SAT is actually, in my opinion, easier than that of the ACT, mm. you know, the competing test, because yeah. it really only covers like algebra one. Mm. Whereas the ACT, they cover like trig, more geometry, some pre-cal, like there's a whole lot more scope. But the math uh, on the SAT is like 95% algebra one, but they just like ask it in such a way. It's weird. Yeah, especially their no calculator section, which always freaks people out because in America, it's like if I don't have a calculator, am I even thinking right now? Mm. So they're like the second the kids see no calculator, they just like die. They flip out. Yeah. But the reason they do that is, A, you don't really need a calculator, but they're, they're really trying to test your understanding right. in that section, not like, can you plug this into a calculator and right. can, you, can you do data entry? Yeah, right. and honestly, if you had a calculator, it probably wouldn't help you on that section at all. Mm. So Weird. And you know a lot about SATs now because you tutor kids. Yeah, yeah I've been tutoring for, I mean, since I was in high school myself for the SAT. So, so the SAT was so easy for you, you were tutoring other yeah. kids. So I, I first took the SAT when I was 12 um, because... Why did you take it when you were 12? Um, because why not? Like, why climb Everest? Did, some, did somebody say, hey, go, you should go take it now? Well, or you're like, no, I'd love to go take this right now. I mean, I was 12. So, you know, like I was, I was a little early for the teen angst, but it was strong. Um, so I wasn't saying uh, I'd love to do anything. Um, so when you were 12, you felt like you were 16. Basically. Yeah, yeah I still I still do. Though. So that's still an accurate description of me. Um, my mom would agree. Um, but yeah, so I was in um, Johns Hopkins, like Center for Talented Youth Programs, and they had like summer camps, like we call it nerd camp. 
um, you'd go to when I was when campus. I was younger, I would probably call it that too. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. we all did lovingly, sure. you know. So like during the summer, like you would go to a college campus where you would stay for a few weeks and camp. Like you you had some camp like activities, but during the day, Monday through Friday, you were taking a class. Mm. Um, and so in order to stay in that program past seventh grade, you had to take the SAT, and oh. you had to get a certain score. What was the certain score? Do you remember? I don't remember the score. I do remember what I got. So I got an 1850 out of 2400. I remember I got 580 reading, 630 math, 640 writing. Okay. Um, at that time. And I think you beat my, uh, <laughs> we called it verbal back in the day. Well, you said um, reading, reading, writing, and so and the because it was the, it was three it was yeah it was a twenty four hundred that was right. the first year I think that they actually gave the twenty four hundred from the sixteen before they went back. The later. twelve year old version of you beat the seventeen year old version of me on the reading part. If it makes you feel better, I'm pretty sure I beat more than fifty percent. <laughs> it makes me <laughs> feel a little better, maybe. <laughs> but I, I mean that I've been an avid reader like my whole entire life, like. Um, you know, well, not recently because Netflix, right? Mm. But um, you know, b- before then, um, I've been reading like for forever. My mom had like bought the whole Barnes and Nobles like classics collection, and I would just sit and read anything, everything, Russian, English, whatever. Really? Yeah. Those are tough reads for a lot of people. Yeah, but I I don't know what it was. Like I didn't read English till till I was like probably four or five. I didn't know English till I was. You were, you were reading, writing, and speaking Russian. Russian, yeah, that was my that was my first language, and um, and then my mom sent me to uh, Packard Collegiate, um, which took me two hours a day to get to. Oh it my! One way, it was in Brooklyn. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's back up. You were born in New York City metro area. Yes. Do we, do we want to talk about exactly where you were born? Sure. I was born in Oyster Bay, Long Island, but I never, for the record, on the record, I never lived in Long Island. Okay. Right. It was just just happened to be born in the hospital. You lived maybe two days. Like maybe, yeah. like tops. Right. Yeah. Would you rather be born in Long Island or Staten Island? Man, <laughs> that's a tough one, isn't it? That's what's the lesser of two evils. <laughs> I I don't know. Probably Long Island. We've just offended at least four of my listeners Perfect. with this conversation. Perfect. If I'm not offending, I'm not living. So. All right. So you you and your mom lived in Queens at the time. Yeah, living in Queens at the time. That's where my grandparents lived. Um. And then before I turned one, they, my mom uh, moved to the Bronx. So that's where I spent like one through 18. Does that automatically make you a Jets fan, being from the Bronx? <laughs> um, you know, I would think most people would say no because the Yankees are in the Bronx and usually mm. it's like Yankees Giants. Right. Right. And if you were from Queens, you're usually a Mets fan and then it's Mets Jets. But I don't know. I just saw like. I think when I was younger, I just like like the color green, mm. and so I saw someone wearing a green hoodie one day, and it was said Jets. That's it. And then I was a Jets fan. And though. you're loyal from the yeah, line. yeah, yeah. No matter, it doesn't matter how many times we lose, like, you know, it's never going to change. Uh, they don't seem to be fully invested in winning. <laughs> that, that's one way to describe our <laughs> our attitude. I, I like to say that we're in a rebuilding decade, but I've been saying that for about two decades now. Yeah, so, it's going to get to a century at some point, maybe. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been, what, like 50-some years since our Super Bowl win? Super Bowl three. it three, was? Three, we just played 55, so it's been 52. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, at least we have one. You do have one. So, that's, you know, on the record. Uh, we have that one. Yeah, there are like eight teams that have never won one, so you're yeah. not part of that crew. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, the thing I do like about football, though, is like, in theory, it's because of how, like, you know, the draft picks are designed, 
it's supposed to be like cyclical almost, right? Like, yeah. The, the worse you are, like, the better picks you get. And so the better your team is. And then it kind of, like... And then you win and yeah. you get the like, last pick of the, the first Buffalo round. Like, look at the Buffalo Bills, right? 90s, great team. Yeah. And then, like, you know, mid-2000s, like, just trash. And now they're kind of back and again. now they're coming back. So yeah. it's, like, it's, it's it seems to happen like that for most teams. Except for the Jets, it just seems to have gone one way and, like, stayed there. Well, how, how deep you want to go on the Jets? Because the Adam Gase hire was ridiculous. They clearly told the rest of the NFL they weren't trying to win. Yeah, I mean... Our ownership has been has made some um, questionable choices in hiring. You're being polite, I think. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm not like you know I, I won't pretend to like you know know everything that there is to know about like what to look for in head coaches and this and that and but it just seems ridiculous to me that we always like we always just double down on bad ideas, right? It's like, like oh, you think it's a bad idea? Yeah. I'm going to go even further. Yeah, this like bad oh, idea. this isn't working. Let's 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 do it harder, right? Like. <laughs> And expect different results. <laughs> so that's the part that just get, uh, drives me wild. It, I it's a little crazy. Up, yeah, I can put up with like one or two losing seasons. Like if if, if it's like, hey, look, we look, we, we just got to lose for right now, but we're building to something better. Right. Just be patient. That's fine. But you keep trying to do these like one-off like, you know, Weird trades moves, and, yeah. and whatever that are just like, that are going to bring us from zero to a hundred. Like, I don't think so. It doesn't work that way. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Um, All right. So, so when you were a little kid, before you were 12, going to, I won't, should I call it nerd camp? Is that, is that, fine. Okay. Yeah. Before you went to Nerd Camp, what were you doing as a younger kid? Um, were you just voraciously reading everything you could get your hands on? Yeah, reading? I didn't really have that... much of a life um, until mm-hmm. high school, except for the summers. The summers I would go to, it's not a trailer park, it's a trailer community. Trailer community in, in right. the Bronx? No, it's in um, it's in Pennsylvania. I hope you say the Poconos, because that fits Yeah, it was by the Poconos, oh, I yeah. It. I love it. Yeah, in Gouldsboro, um, Pennsylvania, okay. it's called Eagle Lake. And it was advertised in Russian newspapers. And because here's the thing about Russians, right? Like everyone in Russia has a dacha or like a, a vacation home. It didn't matter, right. rich, poor, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere, it was normal. Yeah. So when my, when my family moved to the United States, they were like, ah, oh, we need a dacha. Now they didn't have a lot of money. So they were like, great, trailer, right? Like, you know. Everybody needs a dacha. Probably less than 10 grand at the time. Probably like, you know, like literally a, a couple of grand and you can have yourself a whole vacation home. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so just to be clear, no wheels on the trailer. There's no wheels, all right? Because um, so, that would be a mobile home. Right, right, right. right, no, right, right. We're, we, were, we were maybe like a step above. Um, so, yeah. But you so, weren't in the city. It was a way to get away from the city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was all Russian kids. Um, I mean, over time, like, that changed. Um, but, you know, all my friends there when I was younger were all Russian kids from New York. Mm. So, um, like, my, my best friend to this day I met there when I was, like, three. What's her or his name? Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. Michelle. Shout she, out to Michelle. Shout out to Michelle. Um, love you. Won't say that often, but <laughs> <laughs> she'll be so surprised. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so that's what I did for kind of all my, even when I was going to nerd camp, like, the rest of the summer I would go here. Um and it was kind of my favorite place in the world. Like, it still is. I actually, like, recently looked up, like, are there any, you know, homes available there? Because... You have that much of an affinity for oh, it. Oh, yeah. I want to go back. Like, oh, wow. I, I love that place. And, you know, my grandpa, like, built a shed. And he built out a deck. And we had, like, you know, like, uh, raspberry bushes growing out front until he mowed them down. I was so upset. <laughs> um, 
but uh but yeah it was just like it was you know there was a, there was a lake obviously it's called eagle lake yeah and there's two beaches and a pool and an arcade bingo night what else do you need right? so it's a great great being a kid then whatever. yeah they had like free programs like for kids like to do fun activities like arts and crafts and stuff and, and, and everybody was russian back then yeah i mean and granted like you know i was little so everyone in my world was russian mm. right but um as i got older i noticed that it became like there's still as many russians but now i was seeing like we had Americans, we called them, and then Italians. Mm. So there was Russians, Americans, <laughs> as if the Italians aren't American, right? As if the Russians or the Russians, Americans. yeah, yeah, right. But but that was like, um, but we all kind of started meshing more as we got older. But you know, when you're little, it's like you're just friends with like whatever families are directly around you and your parents or whatever. Yeah, and you tend to be now. a little more adventurous as you get older. Yeah. Yeah. So so that was um, that's what I did. And right, then... So you mentioned your grandfather. You mentioned your mom. Let's talk about your family history really quickly. Oh God. S- starting with, I guess. Very quickly is not gonna. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm mostly kidding with you on the very quickly. Uh, grandpa, tell tell me about your grandpa. My grandpa was the best. He was just, I don't know. He was just the best. He. Uh, was born, you know, in uh, very close to Belarus. I don't know, like, I'm, I'm a really bad um, person, but I don't know exactly, like, where. You're not but, a bad person. You may not um, be great at geography as well. Yeah, t- terrible yeah. at geography. Like, if you ask me, show me a map, you're like, where's Arizona? Like, I don't, wow. I don't know. I know it's, like, it's south west, and west. It's west of where we are. But, yeah, yeah. I, might, I might hit New Mexico. Like, I don't know. Well, they, they, they can They're be right confusing. next to each other, they right? Are. Yes, they okay. are. See, I know things. You, you know more um, than the average bear. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so he was, you know, he was born there and he was, I think he was born in uh, 1924. So he was born in the Soviet Union, just he was born in what the Soviet is Union. modern day Belarus. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he had an older sister at the time, Manya. His name was Vladimir. Oh, well, say that again. Vladimir. What did you call him? Vladimir. You said you didn't have a grandpa name for him? Oh, I called him Dieda. Okay. Or Diadushka, you know, which was just grandpa or gramps, I guess, is the okay. equivalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so he was, you know, just growing up, doing his thing and around 16 years old, World War II hit, Mm. right? So he's 16, his, um, and this is kind of like one of my, not, not favorite stories, but like one of those stories where you hear it and you're like, wow, the way the world works is like, is so, I don't know, like if you, if you ever believe in like fate, right? Or like. It has to be a thing, right? right? So every summer, he used to go to visit his, um, uh, like his grandma or something, like by, um, like somewhere by Ukraine, and that he did that every year. And his older sister Manya wouldn't. Mm. I don't know why, um, but if he would go, she would do something else. And for some reason, one summer, when he was around sixteen, she went instead. And that was the year that the Nazis invaded. That's the only time that it happened. And that's when they invaded the village she was in. Oh, wow. So at that point, his mom is like losing her mind, right? She's like, my daughter's being held by Nazis. So she takes a train to, you know, this Was this 39, 40? Yeah. Yeah. She takes her, you know, she takes a train there and there was a Russian soldier at the train station and he wouldn't let her through because if he had, she would have been killed. Mm. So he was like, I, you have to go back. Like, I can't let you. And she's there. You can imagine, like, you know, desperate attempt to save her child, yeah. right? And he wouldn't let her through, sent her home. And um, she died there. Oh. The, my grandpa's sister, my, I guess my great aunt. Oh. She was, you know, they, they, I think they put all the Jews there in a ghetto. 
and eventually she, she died because she was Jewish. Yeah, she died because she was Jewish. She was. They killed like the whole, the whole area, mm. all of them. Uh, I don't think they even made it to a concentration camp. I think they just killed them there. Um, and like, I think I think they even made them like dig their own uh, graves at the time. So, but like, you know, that kind of like. Well, it was like it could have been him. It could have so easily been him, yeah. right? But it wasn't. Sound like every other time it would have been. Yeah, him. it would have been him. And yeah. for some reason, for some twist of fate, right? It wasn't. And if and it had been and, him, you're I here. Be here. Yeah, you're exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's crazy, but you know, I think that like that concept of like you know the Holocaust and World War II, like in my family, has been like a prevailing theme in kind of our culture and a lot of things like that that, you know, like a lot of the opinions we've held and a lot of like the ways we've chosen to live our lives. Um, but anyway, so, you know, he went, he was 16 and this happened and he went into the army. Technically, I think it was the Air Force. Um, I don't know how much of an Air Force you have, but he was some sort yeah. of engineer. He was doing something on um, the parts until he was 21. I think that's about when the war ended. And at 21, he, so he was in the Air Force as a 16-year-old. Yep. Wow. Yep. He he ran away. He went. He just. I mean, and, and you know, there's no internet. Like they're not going to check how right. old he is. He just he just went. They didn't care. Yeah. They also didn't care. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so he you know he comes back home. He's 21. He did never finished high school. And at that time, again, no internet, so no one could check if you finished high school or not when you applied to college. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. So he lied and said yeah I, I finished high school and he got he got accepted into like a um like a in moscow they were like in moscow at the time so he got accepted into um like a science and math university um that they have there and it, you know it was really really hard because he missed a lot of school he didn't have the foundation yeah and in russia you, you like we're very serious about our maths and science there right, right. like they're, they're they don't joke around so and of course, he, he was an engineer. He became an engineer. So he was studying exactly the, the topics that, you know, he'd missed out on. So he was like doing night school, wow. working, catching up. And anyway, so he graduated and he ended up becoming in Moscow. He, he was a, he was an engineer and he was head of a lab, like 50 people. Mm. And everyone loved him. Like, you know, in every, every like government run organization, there were always like KGB people there that like, they wouldn't tell you, but like they right. were. My that. grandpa was friends with them, yeah. a Jew was friends with them, right? Which was like a big thing. Yeah. Um, they probably it, weren't obvious about their relationships, but... Yeah, but like you knew, you know, it was like everyone knew, but my grandpa was one of those people where he just like lived to make people laugh and, you know, well, number one for him was always his family, like 100%, but he was always like such a amicable, amiable person. Um, so anyway, so he's doing that. His whole life is there, right? He has two kids, you know, and in like 1978, 79, um, my family decides to come here to the U.S. Because at that point, the U.S. was like, hey, you know, sorry that we, like, didn't let some of you guys in all those years ago, but, like, now we'll take you as refugees. So the only people that were getting out of the You're Soviet, talking about the Jewish community. Yeah, the Russia Jewish community. Yeah. So the only people that were really allowed to leave the Soviet Union were Jews. Like, the Soviet Union wasn't letting non-Jews leave. Like, it was a big thing. Like, some of the most famous, like, Russian authors, like, escaped, like, Bunyan escaped yeah. And like they like shot like they, you couldn't read a book, a Boolean book after that. Like it was yeah, they were like real upset about it. Yeah. So only so Jews could just say like, hey, we're going to like Israel, like, you know, like our, you know, motherland or whatever. And Russia would be like, OK, thanks.
by. And so all the Jews would stop by Israel and then get a plane ticket to the U.S. and come here as refugees. Mm. The problem was that whatever my grandpa was working on, I don't know, um, he couldn't leave yet. So he actually had to get a divorce from my grandma. And she came here with my mom and my uncle. So, so to enable your grandmother to come over, your grandfather yep. said, I guess we're getting divorced. Yep. Yep. And, 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 you know, the Soviet Union had a bunch of really, like, weird rules about, like, leaving children. Like, men actually had to sign. Like, if, if, if you wanted to, like, leave, your father had to sign saying that you didn't owe him any, like, financial stuff and that you could go. Like, this could be someone who you never saw in your entire life. And they would have to, like, sign off that you didn't owe them any sort of, like, support mm. before you could leave the country. But, um, but yeah, so they came to the U.S. and my grandpa came two years later. Um, and they came to Milwaukee. And, it's an obvious place to go. Yeah, sure. naturally, right? <laughs> when, when you think Jewish immigration to the U.S., you think Milwaukee. I think there was, like, a Jewish center there that, like, they, one of their things was, like, to get refugees. Like, mm. Soviet Union, like, refugees here. And... You know, I, mm. I don't know exactly who connected with who, but they came and, you know, they helped set my family up. And my mom ended up, you know, at that point going to college there. She went to University of um, Wisconsin, Madison yeah. um, and all that. Um, but yeah, so he like he came over. He was 60 something at that point. No, 80. So almost 60 years old. Right. Like um, and left everything, all his friends, all his. Uh, everything and um, because they thought the life would be better yeah, yeah. well because like my I think uh, one of the stories I heard was like my uncle for example was denied access to the university my grandpa went to uh, because he was Jewish mm -hmm. so there was like a lot of you know anti-semitism going on and they were just like yeah you know I feel like the family my family at least and, and at least this is what they say they're like you know Jewish culture right it's like it's always thinking about your kids. So whatever the best move for kids and the future generations of kids were, that's what we had to do. Yeah. And they came here, you know. Um, and so, like. What, what happened to your grandmother? Uh, she came here, too. She came. Um, she, she died when I was four. Oh. So I just didn't, like, ever, you know, I didn't get to, to know her But grand, well. grandma and grandpa reconnected. Yes, they reconnected. Yeah. I don't know if they ever officially got married again. Uh, I think it was probably financially better for them not to. Mm -hmm. Um, but my grandma was a lawyer and like, uh, again, I keep saying fun, maybe not fun, but like, I think one of my favorite stories about her that I felt was like really telling about just like character and my family's like priorities was back in, you know, Soviet Union, getting food was hard. Like everyone was hungry. There were lines there were everywhere. Lines everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like super fun. Um, and she was, you know, she was in law school, she was studying and she was hungry all the time. And one of like with one of the girls she knew, one of her friends worked at a bakery. So she goes to my grandma and she's like, "Hey, like we have a job opening. Um, just drop out of school, work with me. You'll get all the bread you want. You'll feed your family. Like, no, you guys won't be hungry anymore." And so my grandma goes to her mom and she's like, "You know, I I want to do this. Like, I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm over it." And her mom said, "Over my dead body, mm. you finish school." Like she's like, if you're hungry, we'll find a way. We'll figure it out. Right. We'll get food somewhere, but you're going to finish school. It's hard to concentrate when you're hungry. When yeah, you're that but, hungry, and that's that's a that's a different level. But that was our way out, you know. It was like like if you are in a bad place and you need to get out of there, what do you do? You go to school. Yeah. Right. Like you get that education, you get that knowledge, and then you like climb your way out of there. Um, 
And so, yeah, so, so they came here and, um, you know, at that point, like they were kind of too old to start any sort of career or, you know, plus they didn't speak English. Um, so my grandpa, like, you know, the, he, he died this past July and I mean, he spoke more English than he thought he did, but it definitely wasn't, you know, he wasn't fluent at all. So, um, well, he was speaking Russian until he was in his 60s. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's he's probably the primary reason I, you know, I still speak Russian because if I d- didn't have to speak with him my whole life, you know, I could have easily just forgotten it or lost it. And, are, you, are you fluent now? Um, fluent with an asterisk, like, uh, you know, my vocabulary in Russian is nowhere near as extensive as it is in English. Um, and I can understand more than I, you know, sometimes I struggle to find words. Right, like it's the tip of my tongue, but I've forgotten the specific word. But I can, you know, I can carry on many a conversation in Russian just fine, and I can understand it. So I'm, I'm fluent, but not as like fully fluent as I am in English. I don't speak any Russian. Um, and I have a couple questions for you that I'd like you, for you to respond in Russian, if you're okay doing this. Sure. We it can either be about the Jets or it can be about uh, Duke basketball. <laughs> so do I know bad words or good words? <laughs> Is the <laughs> Um, we, let's go with Duke basketball. All right. Coach K, Coach Krzyzewski, uh announced he's retiring after the 21-22 season. What are your thoughts on his retirement? Nothing but Russian. Not, oh, God. What a struggle. <laughs> this is really testing the, the limits of I, my... I, I'm mostly messing with you. Um, just, give me, just give me some Russian phrases that have nothing to do with Coach K. Just fun to hear Russian. Fun to hear Russian. Maya um, Emilia. Your name is Amelia. Yeah, Amelia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Ruski moy pierdi yezek. Ya iz New Yorka, no moya sinaz iz Moskve, iz Rusia, i iz Odessa, Ukraina. Ya sjaz vuv Richmondje. Ya ya ochin lublu moju mamu, i ya ochin lublu i lubila mojvo djedošku. I yeah, nice. Uh, what did you say? I said a lot of random things. I said, um, <laughs> my name is Mila from the Bronx or from New York. I love my mom. <laughs> I really love my grandpa. And uh, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> when, I, when I think Russian, I think like, you know, my family, that's like, like, you know, when I use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like I have a lot of like just basic conversational stuff like with them that there's pops into mind, but. Yeah, I only understood da. At the yeah, end. yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't think it's like I don't think people even say that. Like, really? Yeah, I don't think they say like da. I think it's more like nu. No. Mm. Like nu, no, nu no koroche. Like, mm. you know. But all right, I threw us off with the whole r- r- Russian thing. Yeah, this is your fault. Yes, my apologies. So very sad. Your grandfather died uh, over what I would call the pandemic summer, but he did not die related to COVID. No, yeah. no. He, um, he fell, he broke his hip mm. and, or I, I don't know, broke, he had to get surgery and he got the surgery and after that, it just kind of went downhill. Like he just kept getting infection after infection. His mind, like he, you know, he was 95 when he passed away and his mind was sharp. It's like, unbelievable. He was playing chess, Sudoku. He kept track of like all of his receipts and all of his finances. Like he would just like make lists and add things up and like i mean he was he was an engineer right like yeah. he's 
he's all about that. And so his mind was to the end was just the sharp, as sharp as it could be. He even had a stroke a few years ago. We didn't notice for two weeks and we, no one knew. Yeah. He, he knew, right? No. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't know either? He didn't even know. No. Like, you know, um, and we just, one day we, we realized like, hey, he just said something that doesn't really make sense. So we got him checked out and they were like, yeah, he had a stroke a few weeks ago. And, you know, after that, like, even still, his mind was, was sharper than most people I met, you know, meet now. Mm. Um, but yeah, something about after his hip surgery, uh, and, and, you know, the, the doctor said that, like, that's kind of what happens right is for whatever reason it's not like purely scientific like we don't really know exactly why people start to shut down at, at an old age when they get these surgeries and that's why they're so dangerous it's not the surgery itself right pretty common can they recover from yeah it? it's it's that and he was actually he was on a ventilator for like three months and he was i mean but the the, the thing is it wasn't like oh grandpa's on a ventilator time to say goodbye like he was fighting he Clearly. wanted to live. Yeah. You know, he was holding on. He was getting better. We were weaning him off. And there was one point when I first came to see him, because, you know, I live here in Richmond, and he had been, like, on the ventilator for, for a little while, and he wasn't doing well. He wasn't responsive. They kept him sedated, because once they have, you know, with the ventilator, it's in your, you know, body, and it, it's uncomfortable. So they keep you sedated. And um, I came to see him, and he just, like, every, like, he just improved so much. He, lit, he, like he came back. He lit up. He yeah. came back. And, and I, I visited him a few more times, and he started, like, um, you know, joking around. Like, he was always thirsty and hungry because he can't really feed him, mm. you know? And there was, like, a TV playing there in front of him. Again, it's all in English. He doesn't understand. But there's, like, fast food commercials on it. And I was like, I made a joke. I was like, Grandpa, we won't feed you. But, like, this is all they're showing. And he started laughing. It's kind of cruel. Yeah. yeah, he started laughing, you know, with his, you know, whatever. But... And he had like he had, he got MRSA, uh, which is really you know uh, anti um, antibiotic resistant staph infection while he was there. He got like so many infections. He was beating them all. Like he was a little he was getting worse, and he was just two infections at a time. He was knocking them out. Too, tough dude. Yeah, like he was just. I mean, he wanted he really wanted to live. He really, um, you know, he really wanted to be around. But at the end, like it was just you know. Everything was just too much. His, you know, his lungs weren't taking it. He was respirating like yeah. food and mm. and, and, and this was this away. is in New York, right? Yeah, this was in New York. When did they move to New York? Um, they moved. So after, my mom graduated, um, and then she moved to North Carolina to work for IBM for a few years, and then after that, she moved to New York. So whenever she moved to New York, uh, my grandparents moved with her, and. Um, and the, uh, my, my uncle was in Minnesota at the time, and he, you know, uh, still is, and that's where he raised his family. But my mom, um, you know, she was a younger sibling, and so, you know, the parents stayed with her. And so my grandpa, um, I think they must have been there since at least the beginning of the 90s. Um, so he was in New York a, a lot. Yeah, he was in New York for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and he had his own apartment, too. He always lived by himself. Um, you know that was very important to him to have his independence and to he was never a burden on anybody he would always save enough he even saved enough to cover like most of his you know expenses and um and yeah so uh That's probably why his brain was highly functional even to the end oh yeah yeah, yeah. and he, he was um <laughs> i went to math school for seven years after like school school what do you mean math school so it was just like a russian run like what ages were you uh 
I was eight to like 15 or seven to 14, okay. something like that. Um, and he would drive from Manhattan. I mean, he was like lower Manhattan, so he was almost like Brooklyn. Right. To pick me up in the Bronx, drive me to Brooklyn for math school, drive me back to the Bronx and go home. And he did this twice a week for seven years. And sometimes during the summer. It was purely out of love. Pure, yeah. yeah. Sometimes during the summer, he would even drive me from Poconos to Brooklyn on Sundays and back. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, all. Yeah. I, I made that drive. That's not, and then, that's not easy. He also, uh, when I started going to concerts, I was young, I was 12. He would come and sit with earplugs. I don't want to open up the door just yet to punk rock. Was it punk rock when you were 12? Uh, I mean, it was, it was, um, I, I thought, like, I would have called it punk rock when I was 12. It's, I, I now call it, like, pop punk. Okay. But to me, I was pretty yeah, punk. Yeah, pop punk is, like, their, the, the antitheses of each other, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's a huge genre now. Okay. You know? okay. I, I'm, I'm I, on I the know, lost I, touch. I know what you mean. It's, it's like the, you know, like, Avril Lavigne is, like, pop punk. Yeah, that's not punk. Well, yeah, but it's like, not classic punk. No, 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 it's thing. not. It's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so math school, it was taught by a, a Russian entity. Yeah, yeah, it's Russian, um, this Russian guy, like professor, I guess. I don't, I don't really know what he was in Russia, but. Um, Did you want to go to math school after absolutely school? Absolutely not. <laughs> Did I want to go? It, my house is not a democracy. <laughs> so who, who wanted you to go, mom? My mom, yeah. She was, I mean, she was putting me in these nerd camps. She was putting me in these. Program. She's putting me in math So school. none of this was voluntary for you? Absolutely not. No. I mean, am I thankful? Absolutely. Yeah. But at the time, very resentful, very mad, did not want to do it. Um, but it helped because I actually skipped two grades in math in my middle school. Um, and so by the time I got to high school, I started high school with an honors pre-calc in ninth grade. And they ran out of math for you by the time you graduated. <laughs> well, my, my high school was a math science specialized mm -hmm. high school. So I was actually... I, I took, um, so I took honors pre-cal ninth and then 10th grade, I took a uh, AP Calc BC. And then um, in 11th grade, I took AP stats and I took Calc four, which is linear algebra. Um, and then, and differential equations. And then 12th grade, you lost I took multivariable You lost me going into 11th grade. Yeah, stuff well. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and I actually, um, I had to take a, a test to get into the, um, my high school, because it was public, but it was like uh, specialized, you know, like it's uh, Bronx science. We actually have like, I think nine Nobel prize winners oh, from wow. there. Yeah, wow. uh, we have a really famous debate team. I was not on it, but- um, You could have been. Uh, yeah, yeah, I-, I You I enjoyed debate. I get a little too emotional, I think, especially at the time. You have to be um, measured, I guess. Yeah, but since then I feel like I, I've definitely appreciated more of like structured debate more than more than I used to, but right. um, but yeah. So like you know, uh, we were one of the top high schools. Like there's also Stuyvesant, you know, mm -hmm. which is kind of like our rivals in our heads. Um, did you guys have sports teams? We did, but we didn't have a football team. We did have ultimate frisbee though. So I feel like, that's perfect. <laughs> I feel like that speaks volumes <laughs> of who we were. Um, and yeah, like we were the Wolverines. Um, but I, I I don't think I ever went to a game. Like, I don't, school spirit was not high. Um, we didn't have a field. You mean for you personally or across the board? Across the board, yeah. yeah. We didn't have a field. We didn't have a, like, a field that was just, we had to, we had a, another public high school behind us called Clinton. We used their field sometimes, hmm. but we didn't have one. Um, but I guess you had to take a test to get in when you were in, like, eighth grade or so. And there was, it was out of 400. Um, there was a math section out of four and, at, um, and 
maybe it was combined out of four. I don't. I honestly can't remember. But I think it was math out of four and then reading out of four hundred. Right. And, um, and I, I can't prove this because I don't like. They didn't tell you what you got at the end. Like you, they, you, you still don't you know, know to this day. No, no, you, you didn't. All you would do is you take the test and you would list in order what uh, schools you wanted to go to, and they each had their own cutoff. Mm. And the first school who's who was the highest in your list, who's cut off you met, that's where you were going. You didn't have options. Yeah. Right? So you better rank that shit yeah. right. Yeah. Like, you better be so, serious about your yeah, ranking. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's how it worked. You didn't tell me. But later, I thought the head of our math department at the time, um, she told me that I had gotten the highest math score um, of my whole entire grade in the entrance exam. So I'm assuming it was like the 400. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was um, all well, thanks to this math school. Yeah. Well, like seven, seven years of after school math school. Yeah. That's hardcore math. It, it did it. Yeah. Uh, so you ended up, uh, let's go back to the SATs because I think you rattled off out of your 24 and you got 1850 when you were 12. Oh, that's right. How yeah. many more times did you take it? I took it um, two more times. For somebody who enjoyed taking it, I would have thought you would have taken it four or five. Yeah, times. but you also, when you tell colleges, you don't want to tell me you took it too many times because uh, then you look a little ridiculous. Yeah, okay, got it. Um, so I took it two more times and then I took SAT twos. What are SAT twos? They're subject tests. So they are one hour, 60 questions, and they are on a variety of subjects. You could take chemistry. You could take um, math again. Most, col most take, colleges don't ask for that, though. Uh, right? Well, the ones I was applying to do. All right, so, let's talk about the ones you applied. Sorry, well, let's back, let's back up. Let's back up. <laughs> it was always out of 2,400 through high school for you. Yeah, it was out of 2,400. And what was your best score out of the 2,400? Um, well, my super score, which is like yeah. 2,380. I have a kid in college, so yeah. 2,380? 2,380. Oh, come on, Mila. I know. Come on. Only 20 where, points, where did you screw up? Where was the 20-point loss? I got an 800 in math, 790 reading, 790 writing. <laughs> So you missed one, one, one of each. Yeah, I'm, I'm big mad. Uh, <laughs> but did you want to take it a fourth time? I mean, I I wasn't that ridiculous. Like I was like, you know what, take it and go. Like it's fine. It gets you into any school in the country. Yeah, yeah, it definitely helped. And then on my SAT twos, I took math one, math two, and literature. And then I got I think 800 in math one. I think I was like 15 or something. And then math two. The most embarrassing moment of my life. I got a 760. I don't want to talk about it's it. It's awful. I know. Um, I almost got disowned. <laughs> and then literature, I got 730. I think I'm most proud of that test because that was the hardest. Yeah. Like it was 60 minutes, 60 questions, and you had to write, read like a know, lot, like like, like old British stuff, it's poetry, a, it's a hard like to read. Yeah, the yeah. whole, you know. 730, and, the, and that's 730. impressive. Yeah. All right. So where'd you apply besides Duke? Uh, so I applied to do. Here's here's what happened. Here's my here's my my mom again at action. Right? She was like, okay, we're gonna apply. For, and by the way, since I was in kindergarten, is your mom gonna enjoy this story? Oh god. <laughs> I, maybe. Since I was, since I was in like kindergarten, she has been planning my college. Mm. Like she she was very serious about it. And you're and you're the, you're an only kid. I'm an only child. Yeah. yeah. On, on my mom's side. Yeah. Um. And so she had been thinking about this a lot more than I had, right? Like um, to the point where I think I got a, my first pop quiz in high school in, in honors bio, which she made me take, by the way, I didn't want, want to do honors bio, but again, no choices here. Um, she, I got a C and she grounded me for two months. What, what did grounded look like? Like you couldn't leave the no, house except to go to school? That's it. Yeah. 
And to be, you know, in her defense, she had never grounded me before. She was just learning what grounding is. So instead of doing the normal route of like you're grounded for a week, she was like, two months sounds fair. Right, like let's but she go had nothing, there. She had nothing to base that on. No, she was like, well, that, in her mind, right, it was like my child gets a C. She's obviously messing around, like two months, and then if you know any. any Were you messing around? Or you just weren't getting it. I mean, it was like week two. Oh, God knows, like I, what I probably was messing around. I don't know. I just got to high school. You got grounded for two months over something that happened the first two weeks of school. Yep, first two weeks of high school. Yep. Uh, Oh, man. Yep. She was not playing around. She was like, you're in high school now. All of this goes to your GPA for college. Mm. Like, that's it. You know, the only grade that didn't was gym. And that's why she didn't care. I kept getting D's in gym and I kept cutting. So, which is incidentally why I would cut gym because I knew it wouldn't count towards my GPA. Right. So, who's going to yell at me? Right? What did you get in honors bio by the end of the year? I think honors bio was one of my, um, so I got a B plus, mm. but um, I had a really, I, the, the, the professor was like, Great, like the professor, teacher, right? High school's teacher. Right. But um, she was she was great, but her, she was so great that her tests were so hard. Yeah. And I ended up taking the Regents, which is the New York State exams, right? That, you know, every public school kid has to take. I got a 99 in the bio, Regents. <laughs> but, but a B plus. But class. I thought I was ter- I thought it was so stupid. Yeah. I thought I, I was like, I don't know anything about bio 99. She had taught me that well, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I ended up getting, I think I had like a 4.0 GPA at the end. Um. So it worked out, but, um, so anyway, so in, 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 in her normal form, she was like, you're going to apply early and we, we chose Duke. When did, when was Duke chosen? Probably about a week before those okay. applications were due. But you were, you were, your mom's plan when you were in kindergarten was you were going to have an excellent chance of getting in. Exactly. It, it was, it was, you know, top 20. That was the goal, right? Like that was how she would. And then as I got older, you know, we started thinking about like for a long time, I wanted to go to NYU because um, they had a music business major, and I really love music. Um, and then when I got a little bit older, it was Columbia. Um, it's still very New York based. You know, we visited a bunch of schools. We visited U Chicago, Northwestern. Um, I went. To st- I visited Stanford. Uh, well, I went to Nerd Camp at Stanford, but um, but yeah, and I actually never visited Duke before I showed up on first day of college. Wow, I'd never been there. Cause everywhere I went, like I was such a New Yorker, I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> Like, where's, where's the life? It's dead here. Yeah, it's not in uh, that part of Carolina either. Yeah, yeah. New, New York life, anyway. But, that's, I mean, that was part of it. Like, honestly, by that time, I was so, like, just done. I just, like, I was like, I just want to get in somewhere. I'm, I'm so tired. Like, I was filling out, you know, applications all summer. So you like, applied to all those places. Well, so I, I applied early to Duke, which means, like, by the time, so, so early um, apps were due by November 1st. And if you did not get in somewhere early, then you have to do regular admission. And those were due like at the end of December. Right. But you only were told, like the, the admission was only told to you like a week before those other ones were due. So she was like, okay, great. We just submitted your early app for Duke. You're not going to fill out 17 more applications. 17 more? 17. I applied to Harvard. I applied to Yale. I applied to Princeton. I applied to U Chicago. I applied to um, uh, Rice. Vanderbilt, like so I mean, eighteen of the top twenty schools. I, I applied like literally everywhere, and I even started doing interviews. So I interviewed with Harvard, I interviewed with Yale, I interviewed with Rice, um, and the lady that I interviewed with at Harvard, I actually so like after um, I got in, I had to rescind all my applications uh, because you you know Duke is early decision, not right. early action. So once you get in, you're in. Yeah, that's it. So I had to you know rescind all my applications and you know 
you know, I had to do the whole like, hey, thanks for interviewing me. Sorry for wasting your time. So you don't know whether you, you would have gotten into no, those No, but but the the lady at Harvard um, replied, and she was like, um, she was I forget she, she 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 wasn't just an interviewer. She like had some role that she played at the school, and she was I remember she said like. Um, oh, you know, I'm sure you'll be great wherever. Like, you know, if they explain to me, you know, like, um, I thought you would have made a great fit here. And I was like, oh, man. Not, like, go, looking back, I, I think I made the right call. Like, I think Duke was... I think you're fine either. ...the way. right place for me. But, um, you know, I'm very competitive. So it would have been nice to just know that I'd gotten in, you know? But early decision's the way to go, I think. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, like, a lot of stress was, you know, relieved. Like, um, senioritis never happened because it was, like, you could still get rejected, right? Right. Um, but it was still, it was, a, it was a load off, you know, at least for a few months to say, okay, my next step is clear now. Instead of having to worry until May or, you know, whenever these kids are getting their regular decision app, um, results back. So right. the, the meal I know today, I can only imagine, were you 17, 18 when you finished high school? 17. Yeah. So I can only imagine what the 17 year old who's only known <laughs> New York headed yeah, down. It was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. To that part of Carolina. So just... people didn't understand what I was saying. They couldn't understand my speech. I was like, oh, you mad tight. And they're like, what do you, what? So it was, word, it was word choice and accent? Yeah, my accent was like, I had to learn how to like. Was it a mix of New York and Russian? It was, there was no Russian in the accent. That's funnily enough, because. It was just all Bronx. It was like New York, Bronx. That was it. And then, um, you know, now, like, I, I learned how to talk, right? Or if I'm in New York, I say talk. Right. Right. But it, it switches. I'm married to a Jersey girl. She flips all go. the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's because we're part of different speech communities. Yeah. And so based on which community we're around, we just, like... And you fall in with them because yeah. you, you want to be comfortable. and yeah. yeah. And you don't even do it on purpose. Like, it just right. happens. And sometimes when I start talking about New York, like, it just... You know, like, it just, I don't know, it just, it just Is there, up. is there one or, are there one or two stories uh, from your first month or two at Duke that, that you remember that is hilarious? Or is it just kind of a blur, like, like, where am I? Um, God. Uh, I mean, the one thing I remember is just being, like, kind of, I mean, I was a little bored, to be honest. So, like, my high school experience, like, was pretty lively. Like my, you know, my after school life, like shows and parties and whatever. Um, so I feel like I kind of lived a lot before I got to college. And then I get to college and there's like, you know, like the one bar that everyone goes to. Is there only one like, bar in town? Yeah, Shooters. That's like, I mean, there's more than one bar in town, but like Shooters was like really. The most that was That was the place. Yeah. And like some of the other places were 21 plus, right. you know, and like. There was just, there was just like Chapel Hill has like, you know, the UNC kids, they, they had like 15 choices like there's tons and tons of stuff but duke there was just like this was it this or like you know your little you know, frat parties which by the way we don't have a frat row right so there's not like frat houses you go to you go to like maybe their off-campus house or like their little dorm cluster so there are no frats at uh, duke we have frats they just don't have frat houses they don't have a frat row so what do they have where do they go they have specific sections in campus housing like dorms oh. that are sectioned for their frat hmm. um and then they, they can have off-campus houses that but they're not like aligned you know all next to each other they're just random houses not like the university of georgia has these mansions that are all lined up and these are definitely yeah. not mansions because yeah if you look at durham like it's just some house off campus there's not enough room for it to be mansion it's not exactly and so when you left durham well, well you were in the triangle area right so there, there were other places to go besides durham 
Or not? Or well, no? Yeah. Well, for the first year, I mean, coming from New York, I didn't have a car. I didn't know how to drive. So could, I could you bring a car your freshman year? I didn't have a license. Yeah, but if you had one, could you have driven? Because like when I went to school, they wouldn't let you drive your freshman year. Um, no, you could. You could. We, so freshmen get help live on a different campus at Duke, and it has its own parking. So what was so the, what park. was the plan for you to get get around? You were just. Gonna I didn't just, think about it. I'd never been stay a on campus my whole all entire time. life. Like in New York, I never had a problem. Eighteen you, years. You, you and your mom hadn't thought that through. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> and then I get there, and I just felt trapped. Especially since, like me being me, my mom like is still infuriated by this to this day. But like I got there, and immediately I made friends that were like not Duke. Uh, like immediately started dating a guy off campus. He's my current boyfriend, actually. Oh, nice. Um, okay. You yeah. guys have been together for a while. Oh, no, no, no. He's been married since then. It's a whole thing. Oh, um, do we want to explore that or not? <laughs> we can. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's one of my favorite stories. I um, uh, You're the guest. You should tell your favorite, one of your favorite stories. Well, it's, it's favorite because I feel like it's so ridiculous. You know, maybe another one of those fate things. I, I think we're going to have to talk about it at some point. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's, we can do, I mean... We can we can do whatever you want to do. You're the one keeping me honest and on track here, so you you decide where I go. Um, what was I even saying? You, you infuriated your mom by spending some time. Oh yeah, and and that was what got me because I was like after you know, after a year, I was like I I'm relying on these people for rides, and I hated that. I felt trapped. Yeah, I couldn't go anywhere. And they're, and they're, you weren't independent. They yeah. have buses, but it's like to get from Durham to Raleigh, which is twenty minute drive, thirty minutes max, right? It was like a three hour bus ride because you have to go back to the station to the depot oh. and then get on the other bus that goes to wherever, and then they stop running at like ten p.m. Yeah, and you're trapped. So I came home after that first year, and I found a job, and I just saved, 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 and I bought a car, and got a license, and I got a license. I actually failed my license test. Um, 2380 20, on your SAT. Yeah. <laughs> it was the driving part I couldn't get. Oh, God. It was the physical part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the written part I passed. It was the, the driving. Um, couldn't quite get there. Not my fault. I'm a fantastic driver. <laughs> you were 18 or 19 at this point. Yeah, I failed my, um, my first one, I think, my 18th birthday. I didn't even get to pull out. And this is, you're getting trying to get in New York State. Yeah, this is, yeah so I failed twice in New York. Um, so I tried my 18th birthday and in New York, you have to schedule like two months in advance because there's, there's no room in the DMV. Like there's filling up. So, and you can't double schedule either. It's like once you finish one, then you can schedule your other one. So I scheduled for my 18th birthday, literally failed without even leaving the parking spot. How did you do that? Well, I was about to pull out and I see a car like, you know, a little while back and in my head, a classic overthinker. I was like, so I could wait for them to pass. But then, like, in a real-life situation, I can't just always be waiting. So the person who's, like, giving the exam is going to be looking to see that I can actually pull out in, like, normal traffic conditions, right? So I start to pull out. You totally overthought it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that all went through, that was all going through my head. In, like, a split second, I think the decision, do I pull out or not, right? And I wasn't actually in a, in a driver training car because I had, to, uh, bar, I had to rent their car to take the test. My mom's car would not have passed the safety inspection uh, of the DMV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to take like a driving school car there. And so I had a break on the passenger side. Uh, so I start to pull out and the instructor, like the, the DMV person slams the brake. The car was like, I swear to God, they were speeding. It's not my fault. Like based on the speed limit, they would not have hit me. But you moved but like six not. inches and then the... And then they're slamming the brakes and that was a the test. They didn't Ooh. even pull out. Ooh. Yeah. That instructor 
was waiting to fail you probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably. So how old were you when you finally got your license? Later that summer? Um, um, no, so that was my 18th birthday I failed. And then I didn't take it again until the next summer of my 19th birthday. failed again. My mom then drove me down. I was, I was 19. She drove me down to North Carolina. And North Carolina, you fail today, you come back tomorrow and try again. Yeah. So I went there and I, I failed the writing test the first time. Because, and it's not even my fault, I swear to God. So their thing, like, I knew that the drinking was .08. That's your limit. Right. But some dumb dumb in the waiting area who was also studying told me it was .05. And I was like, no, no, I'm pretty sure it's .08. And he was like, no, 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 trust me. Like, I just failed this test yesterday. <laughs> like, it's .05. And so in North Carolina, it's not like you take the test and then you submit it and then it gets graded. It's like you keep going. And once you get enough wrong, that's it. It just cuts you off. Right. And I got that one wrong. Oof. And because they, they were asking me other questions that, of course, I was going to get wrong. Like, what do you do when you see a deer? Like, I don't know. They don't ask that in New York. Like, a deer? Oh, deer. Or like, you know, what do you do when, like, someone's bright? Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know that answer. Yeah, you're supposed to, if someone's bright or in your whatever, you just, you're supposed to keep your eyes straight and keep going. Mm. Not supposed it. to flash them back. No, nope, you're supposed to keep going. I, I, I got that wrong every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so I failed one day and the next day it came back and passed. So you were, was this beginning of your sophomore year? Or your sophomore junior? year. Okay. Yeah, and then I had a car. Um, and at Duke, um, your parking was like a damn mile away from your dorms. They were like, yeah, please pay us like $500 and to, park to a To be mile a mile away. away from your dorm. Yeah. Also, when there's a football game, please move your car to a completely different part of campus. Like, what am I paying for? <laughs> and what was school spirit like at Duke? That was actually one of the reasons I liked Duke. Well, Duke was appealing to me. Um, was because they were known for it. And my, again, like my high school, right? School spirit who? Right. Um, and so it was crazy. And I, I was not, like, I was not a lifelong Duke fan, you know, like a lot of people were. Like, I had not dreamed about this school. Right. And I got there, and it just, it's impossible not to be. It's infectious. Yeah, it's infectious. It's impossible not to be a fan. Um, and I actually ended up being tent captain. Uh, Please describe tent captain. Yeah, so like tenting um, is. Uh, I, I'm familiar with tenting. Okay, well, for the listeners who may not be aware. No, no, no but but a captain. Oh. There's a captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so like tenting, like you get like, a group of twelve people, and you have to like basically live in a tent, uh, more or less for like about two months, one month, whatever, depending on what kind of tenting you do. So there's like black, which is like the longest. That's what I was. And there's like blue tenting, white tenting, and whatever. And it's all leading up to the Duke UNC game. Because um, indoor uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium has limited seating. It's about it's tiny. two thousand yeah, for student section, and there's about six thousand undergrads. So if you want to get in, and we don't have like a, a raffle, like a lot of schools like UNC and whatever, they'll have yeah. like a you know it's a random it's a lottery lottery yeah. ticket. We don't have that. It's like if you want to go to these games, like okay, prove it. And so you're going to class oh, yeah. during the day and sleeping in a tent at night. And sleeping in a tent at night, and they had rules. So the tent captain um, was basically I, I was scheduling twelve people. So there was different rules. So for like a month period, we had to have 10 people in the tent at night, every night. And then during the day, there needed to be two people there every single hour of the day. Really? Yep. And then after that month, you And you're the one to... who made sure that that happened. Yep. I, I made, I looked at people's calendars and schedules, all their activities, their tests. Their were studying. you part of the 12? Or... I was part of the 12. Got so it. I was also do, putting in my nightly whatever you know um and, and and they wouldn't cancel it like they wouldn't let you go home until it would drop below 28 degrees so if it's 29 degrees have a nice night do the parents know this is going on i guess yep. they do yeah yeah 
Nobody. Like, and it's building towards the Carolina game at Duke. Yep. And they would do these, they had tent checks where like, because how are you going to enforce this, right? Like if there's no penalty, why would anybody do this? Right. So at any random point in time, they'll do a tent check to make sure that you have the 10 people at night and the two people during the day. And they'll do it like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Some nights they literally did it two or three times in the middle of the night and we would have to wake up. Put your shoes on. They woke you up each time? They woke us up. Because there's, there's this really annoying, like, for, for months, for years maybe, every time I heard the, the, a siren, I thought I, I would wake up and start getting dressed. Because I thought I was it was time to get dressed. Ten, ten check time. Yeah, ten yeah. check time. They have this, like, you know, those microphones that have, like, the like a siren on it? Yeah. They'd walk around the tent. It was because we were, we were all living in tents in Kayville, Krzyzewskiville, which is right outside Cameron Indoors, a little grassy lawn. Yeah. And they would walk around with it and wake us all up. That doesn't seem conducive to uh, higher education. Well, you know, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we had to do. So, some, you know, the, the only good thing was that after each tent check, they couldn't do one for another hour minimum. So after, like, you'd get woken up at 3 a.m. and be like, you want some McDonald's? Yeah, let's go. Uh, and you just get, like, you know, you had an hour off now until you have to be back. So out of the 6,000 students, how many wanted to go to the UNC game? All of them? I mean, probably all of them, realistically. Even, I, I met people there who did not go to a single game, but they wanted to go to that one. It's the biggest game. It's the biggest game. Arguably, yeah. it's the biggest game in the country every year. It is the biggest game in the country. <laughs> There's no argument the about one, it. The one at Duke. Not, yeah. Not the one at, at... Yeah, not the Carolina one. Yeah. No, everything about them is just second rate. So. Or do you remember uh, how many games Duke won in those four years you were there? You know, I, I don't, I think my sophomore year was the year I was most invested. And then my junior and senior years, I got a little bit less so, and I, I didn't go to as many games. Um, I do remember that the, the Carolina Duke game I went to, we won. Mm. Um, but, uh, I mean, we won the championship. Our last championship was my graduating year. Nice. So 2015. So. Who, who, were, who were the players back then? Um, we had, uh, so Marshall Plumley was still there, mm. the last of the Plumley brothers. Yeah. Um, and he had, I think he actually stayed an extra year because he redshirted his first season, so he was there for five years. Um, and then, um, you know, this is really sad. I can't remember. I can't remember really, either. Really sad. I follow college basketball. I know, I like, remember. I know during the time there, like, we had, um, I think it was Ryan Kelly, um, we had, um, obviously Mason and Miles Plumley. We had Seth Curry, which is funny because yeah. when I graduated, that's when Steph Curry was like doing like all those crazy things, you know, the, like that was kind of his season in the NBA. And I was like, oh, Steph, you mean Seth's brother? And I think probably like the whole, the rest of the nation was like, you mean Seth, like Steph's brother, right? right. And I was like, no, yeah. no, 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 Seth. Yeah. Like well, Seth, he's the, the main one. <laughs> there were a lot of schools that looked past Steph, uh, to include Duke, uh, his dad went to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech didn't really have interest in Seth. It was crazy. And Seth was good in college. He, and he plays in the pros now, right? Pretty sure he still plays. Seth? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think last time I looked him up, he was playing somewhere. I mean, I, I don't follow the NBA, to be honest, so uh, I wasn't sure. But what was I think he was injured, like, all season. So he, would, like, he wouldn't even practice. He would just show up and kill at the games. Mm. Just sinking three-pointers, like, all day. That's what uh, their dad did with his sons. They just shot threes all the time. Yeah, he was he was great. Um, but yes, and some of the best games we had those years were like a Ohio State game. We had a big revenge game there. They'd beaten us, and uh, when they came home, it was like to the wire. And, like, and Duke we won. won. We won. Yeah, and the Syracuse game where where what's his name? Um, 
uh, Jim Behan. Yeah, when, with the meme of him like throwing his like jacket. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah there was he like flipping half to get like, escorted out. That was during my time there. <laughs> it was at Cameron. Uh, yeah, it was at yeah. Cameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he got he got big mad. Every time Syracuse and Duke play each other, I wasn't sure who I wanted to win and who I wanted to lose. Because I wanted both of them to lose. Yeah, he hated us both so much. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of friends that went to Syracuse because it's in New York. Right. So I loved it when they joined the ACC because they weren't always like they, they joined while I was in Duke. Yeah, they weren't part of the original yeah. eight. Yeah. Um, and Maryland left because they couldn't handle us. Um, they ran after money in the Big Ten for whatever reason. Yeah, also they couldn't handle us, so there's that. They kept trying to make us a rivalry, and we were like, yeah, that's cute. Like, This is the part where you start talking smack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're getting to the real part of the... <laughs> the real meal of show. Yeah, now. the real meal of show, what Paul's been waiting for this whole time. Um, well, let's talk about academics. Were you a math major? Yeah, I, I got... Um, I was a math and philosophy double major mm. and an econ minor. Why philosophy? I love philosophy. Um, I took a philosophy class at nerd camp when I was like 14 and it was philosophy of mind, like the mind body problem. I like, it was fascinating to me and I got to college at first I was going to be math and econ double major. And then I realized that, um, econ wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. So I still got the minor, like I was still interested in it. I still, you know, knew it was going to be useful to my life, but I'd always wanted to do philosophy, so I just did it. I was, you know, and um, what do philosophy majors do after? We college? read a lot. Oh, they, after college, professors. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them go to law school. I think philosophy majors have the highest LSAT hmm. scores because it's all logic. Philosophy is logic, right? Right, and that's the only reason I love it is because it was math with words, and I love reading, so I love words. I love writing. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was like. Um, it was one of those like kind of rare places where I could combine my love for logic and actually like read and write. Cause I feel like, you know, people always expect you to be like, if you're a math person, like, oh, you must hate writing and reading and all, and like the social sciences. And I was like, no, they're my favorite. Yeah. I would rather do social sciences and math, you know, not, yeah. not so much science itself. So. No, I get it. What, uh, did you consider Duke a hard place to graduate from? Oh, it's, yeah, it's definitely, you know, I mean. Majors are different, like, not that one major is, like, better than the other, but, like, some are, I would say, harder. Um, so, like, math was not easy at all. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it, it was it was definitely, you know, you have your core requirements. You've got to take your languages or whatever, unless you're in engineering school. Um, on top of that, you know, all of your stuff. And, and they don't count APs. So like mm. all the eight, I took like none, none of those counted. No, I had like I had like eight or nine or something, and they, they look, what they'll do is they'll give you credit for like one of them, like an actual credits credits, um, but the rest of them they'll give you credit in the sense that you no longer have to take intro classes, but the requirement for like let's say they're like you have to take three writing classes or three like lit classes or something, right? That's a requirement. Yeah. Just because you took like two AP English doesn't mean you have one class left to take. So like, oh no, 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 you still have to take three, but now they're going to be higher level because you've placed out of the entry ones with your APs. You have to go farther now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So welcome very much. Like, yeah. 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 So, mm. so fun stuff. Uh, so what kind of math were you doing your last couple of years in college? Uh, by that, by the last couple of years, well, I mean, I was like partially doing electives, whatever sounded fun to me. And then, of course, like doing a mad dash to finish my required ones that I had waited too long to do. And I, I overloaded almost every semester. I was always taking at least five classes, five or six. Um, I think 
some of the most more memorable ones were like non-Euclidean geometry. That was one of my favorite classes. Um, abstract algebra I loved. I hated, um, like it was, uh, it was called advanced calculus, but it was actually like real analysis, which was like, it was a writing credit. So mm. it was a purely proof-based class. Um, and it was like week one, you're like keeping up. You're like, I get this, I get this. And week two, you're like, what just happened? I don't know what is going on. Um, so that was rough. Um, but yeah, I suppose geometry, abstract algebra. Um, I was taking a lot of like math econ cross listed classes. Like, so I took mathematical finance and financial derivatives and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah. So you're, you're in your 20s now. That's right. You're, when you're 35, 40, 45, what are you, what are you doing? My it's not. It's not meant to be a motherly or fatherly kind of question. I'm just, what, 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 what was your dream when you were in high school and at Duke? Well, what was the in idea? In high school, I wanted to be the lead singer in a band. All right, let's talk about music. So, I mean, that hasn't happened. <laughs> um, so you were really into punk from a young age. You now realize that when you were 12, it, it, you would consider it pop punk now, but you got into hardcore punk music, right? Like mosh pits and oh, anti-establishment yeah. and all that. Yeah, I got into hardcore punk when I was, I think, probably 14, 13, 14, and I, I got into, I mean, I was always into music, but my, um, my dad's a musician, um, like, so I think it's kind of like, it was always in my blood, but he's a cellist, yeah. but I am definitely not, um, but yeah, I, I don't know, I just, like, got really angsty, really young, and, um, do you know why? <laughs> I have no idea. I like. I think it was just like that was the whole era of like emo, right? Like emo was a thing. Um, I, I like to be like the hipster emo because I feel like I got into it a little bit before it was a thing, right? So just just having you're the hipsters there. hipster. Yeah, yeah, like I was I was cool, and I it was like you know I don't know I just liked being different, you know. Like I went to this like private school with the same kids for like eight years. And I just felt like it was all very the same and all... You wanted to break out. Yeah, I just wanted... I just You didn't want to be homogenous anymore. Yeah, and especially, like, I mean, I was, like, from the Bronx, right? And I'm, like, in school, and these kids are, like, from the Upper East Side. I'm, like, I, I, already, like, at a certain age, I started noticing, like, we're not... We have different things that we're thinking about, and, like, we come from different places. Right. You know? And so, yeah, so I started listening to music, and I went to my first concert six days after I turned 12. Um, I remember... It was August 11th, 2005. Wow. Um, my grandpa went with me. And yeah. His grandpa loved you? Yeah, his grandpa loved me. And that's, you know, he would do anything. Um, and yeah. And then a few months after that, I went to my second concert. It was in New York. My grandpa also came. And my mom ended up calling the police that night because she couldn't reach us. And she was sort of getting worried. <laughs> Where is my 12-year-old <laughs> and my father? <laughs> and like, we come home and there's cops in the apartment. Um, but yeah, I was at a Simple Plan show. Um, Some cell phones existed back then. Uh, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't have one until I was like And Grandpa didn't 13. have one? Uh, probably not, no. Well, how did your mom expect to get in touch with you? Uh, he, he might have had one, but you know, Grandpa, like... He always had a cell phone, but it was never on. The ringer was never on. Yeah, because he didn't want to answer it. You know, most of the time. like, and plus it's a concert, you can't hear anything. Right. Right. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. She just got worried. She, she, Did the cops laugh when you guys showed up? Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. It was just not the first one, the last time that my mom 
uh, would do something like that and like freak out and, and then call the cops and they'd be like, yeah, you know, this oh, person's fine. It's, it's Miss Lukovitzer again. <laughs> yes. Um, you know how it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I you know, I, and that became a really big part of my like social life, especially in high school where like up until then my social life was like whoever I knew from school and my, you know, summer friends in, you know, the, the trailer. Right. Um, and then in high school came and I like met some kids, you know, at my new school and they introduced me to this uh, thing called Bronx Underground and it was this like Bronx Underground music scene and it wasn't just punk, like there was a bunch of different like, like sub genres, right, of like rock bands that were there, like, you know, metalcore and um, just, I mean, like the, the genres are. How long had Bronx Underground been around? It had been around for a while yeah. before I got there, at least 10 years, I think. Like, yeah, I would, by no means was I there at the beginning. Um, but yeah, I started getting into that, so I started getting friends who were in bands, and I started dating people in the scene, and not too many, not too many. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that became, like, a big part of my social life all through high school, so it was always really, like, interesting because rarely ever did the two things meet, like, mm. my school life and my, like, music life. They right. were very separate things and that kind of continued right into college like even then I had my school life and my like my outside of school life which was partially fueled by music taste and you know love for shows and stuff like that and so um and not to say that there's not like people who are academically inclined like a lot of people I knew in the music scene ended up like there was one girl who went to UPenn there was another girl um you know went to Columbia like we had you know we had people, but they just weren't like, I didn't meet them from my school. Right. Um, and it definitely wasn't the focus. Like a lot of people, they were, you know, in there for, they wanted different things out of life. So, um, but yeah, so that's. So you were in mosh pits a, a fair amount? So I was in mosh pits before I knew what a real mosh pit was. So like, it was, you know, the, the, the mosh pits where you're like pushing people around and like whatever. Yeah, I was in those all the time. I thought it was like really hard. You know, those are those aren't real monsters. Yeah, those like push pits, I call them. Yeah, yeah push pits. Yeah. So I was in push pits, and then I've been I've been in push pits. I've, yeah, I've never been in a real hardcore monster. Yeah, pit. and then I would like if it's a ska band, like I would be in a circle pit, or or, or like I'll be skanking, which is like you know the dance that you, you do at the ska shows. Okay, I didn't know so, that, 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 that was. Yeah, a thing. it was. It's a thing. It's a okay. thing. Skanking, skank to ska. <laughs> um, so I would do that, but um, like. At, at like hardcore shows like i saw what like it was called like throwing down or like you know some of the it was dancing and it was like people were doing spin kicks and like just the, i mean blood blood oh blood flowing a bit yeah there's always blood like i've seen multiple people get carried out of shows mm. um and then of course even if you're in the crowd you're not safe because as, as they're as they're spinning as they're doing all the stuff they're gonna hit the crowd yeah so i I've, I've come home like covered in bruises um you know and like bloodied and all and you that. loved and, it oh yeah it was great i mean now i'm old so not so much i stay in the back now the pe the person i never thought i would be is who i am but you're still enjoying the music yeah yeah, yeah. When, when i when i like get my butt up and go uh, sometimes like i would get tickets and the day would come i'd be like oh so tired so old everything hurts <laughs> Um, but that was pre-COVID, so now now I I, I realize what I'm taking for granted. Yeah, right. you need to rally. So now that's not that's not happening anymore. Is yeah. there a big scene here in Richmond? Yeah, there's a hardcore scene here. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean I haven't really participated. I've only been here about two years and a little change. So 
half of that time has been COVID. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I knew people from this scene before I even moved here, just from like, all the scenes are connected. Everyone knows each other somehow. Like, really? Across the country? Oh, yeah. Across the world? Oh, yeah. Like, you, 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 you go, you go to any hardcore show in the country and you like grab a person. I bet you can find them on Facebook. They're mutual friends. Mm. Like. There's... Social media's enabled that. Like, yeah. A lot. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that's, you know, that's, that's no longer do I want to be in a band. Um, (laughs) What what were you going to do? Were you going to play an instrument, sing? Oh, I don't, I wanted to sing. I mean, it doesn't matter that my singing voice is not anywhere where it needs to be. No, 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 no. Uh, That's what I wanted to do. I, I tried learning guitar until I realized I don't have the patience or the real desire. Plus I need attention. Mm. Right, so like, who gets the most attention? Lead in the band? singer, sure. lead singer. Yeah. Right, so I'll still do like karaoke and stuff, like for funsies, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, catch me at Queens Gambit in Northern Virginia sometimes. But is that that's big... a karaoke bar that okay. I used to go to? Do they not, they, have, they have them here Virginia. too, right? I haven't been here. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I've gotten real old lately, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I need to. You're getting old before the pandemic. Uh, I was, I was, it was a slow decline. Um, but yeah, as for, so I'll, I'll circle back, um, and to, to your, what does Neela do in the future question? And yeah, it's all good. We could have not come back to it. I've been thinking about it. That's how my brain works. Like, yeah, that's what In you, the off you, time, yeah, it you, like just cycles. Yeah. Okay. You know, sometimes like someone at work will ask me a question and I'll, I'll answer to the best of my ability, but then if it bugs me, like, there's something about it I don't know, I'll, I'll just keep thinking about it. not actively, but in the back of my mind and then like. At like two a.m., as yeah. I'm like playing a phone game, I'm like, "Oh, got it." You get to the finish, and I like, like figure it out. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't even realize I was thinking about it until it happens. And then most I, people aren't like that. I hope that. I don't. I don't know how. Most people. Most people I don't are. either. I don't, I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, I think I, my whole like career, I've kind of like accidentally fallen into a role. Like my first role at Capital One, I didn't know what I was signing up for. I was just so happy to have a job. Yeah, sure. After graduation, I was like, oh my God. Most early 20-somethings definitely yeah. happy to have a paycheck. Yeah. yeah, and it was a business analyst job. Um, and I was just like, oh, it's a great company. Like, you know, whatever. And they're like, hey, you don't need to know anything. Just come here. I was like, okay, fantastic. And then I got there and I was like, oh, so this is what it is. And, you know, and, and kind of since then, I was like, luckily, I really liked what I did. Um, and now, you know, I, I, I do that and like, you know, my, my current job has allowed me to like learn, like, and, and kind of uh, try a whole bunch of stuff that I probably would never have tried anywhere else. And so it's allowed me to see like all these different areas that I like and I don't like. So it's almost made my decision harder mm. because I definitely want to go to grad school. Um, and the question is, well, okay, great. Um, what would you like to study? That's a fantastic question. Yeah. Sometimes I think, um, would it be worth it to get my MBA? Do I want to do, do that? Sometimes I think, data analytics masters, sometimes I think statistics, sometimes I think law school. So you'd be good at all of those. That's the, but I only have one life. And like, yeah, and you don't want to be overeducated, right? You don't want to yeah. go pursue all of that. Yeah. And I, I want to be like, I like doing things, you know, like, I mean, I like thinking I like doing, but I, I, I've enjoyed working a lot more than I've enjoyed. And like, like thinking through problems and learning as I work. Uh, I've enjoyed that a lot more than like reading a textbook. Right. You know, so I also don't want to spend the rest of my life you know, doing whatever, but I, I want the, I do want the option on the side, maybe like to, to, to keep studying, like maybe get a PhD in something, probably philosophy. 
<laughs> it's whatever um, makes you happy. Just like. for fun. Like, because uh, I, I think, like, I don't think I'd ever be happy if I was, wasn't learning. Like, I could never work somewhere where I was bored or I just kept doing the same thing over and over. Like, I have to, I have to learn something. All right. So, you were telling me, I think, yesterday or two days ago, how um, there are certain meetings that happen at our employer and you're like, I think I should be part of this conversation, but I wasn't invited. Can you, can you talk us through? Yeah. So, I mean, I think people try to be like, you know, respectful of other people's times or whatever. And they're like, okay, I'm trying to get something done. And here's, you know, who, these are the direct people that I need for that. Right. They'll make a meeting and I'll find out about it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, if you don't mind, <laughs> I would love to join if you could just uh, add me to the invite you know and I think I've done that a lot of places um, and it's always been productive yeah. like I, I think that like I mean maybe for not for other people they probably have to listen to me now and they get a lot less done than they would have but for me it's been helpful um, well sometimes you take over the meeting yes yeah I, I've been in some of those meetings well was I wrong? You're not wrong. You're in a place full of really smart people. You're the, you're typically one of the smarter ones in the room, if not the smartest, usually. Well, thank you, thank you, Paul. Yeah, I, I have no problem saying that. I'm being accurate when I say. It. I mean, I, I tend I tend to agree. I have very high opinion of myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, hey, so, do you want to talk about music a little bit more, or do we want to pivot to boyfriend? Oh, we Duke? can pivot. We can pivot. Oh, this is a fun story. Um, I'm not sure where we're going to head here. This is, uh, <laughs> I'm intrigued. So I get to, um, I get to North Carolina, right? And I met my boyfriend online. This was like pre-Tinder. Tinder is not a thing. But meeting people online was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was like, yeah. But it wasn't like, yeah, it was like OkCupid, okay right? Like that was the, the online experience, which is, that's where I met him, OkCupid. Okay so we start talking, we meet up, and we start dating, and like, I mean, like, I think we dated for two months, and didn't work out. Uh, yeah, he actually broke up with me. That's pretty quick. In the middle of a show, I was very upset with my favorite bands. Yeah, you're there dead. to enjoy a show, and that's yeah, not, and know. he just he just leaves me, right? right. Well, he oh. doesn't he doesn't like leave me. No, no, no. he. So actually, another one of my favorite stories. He breaks up with me, so we obviously leave the show early. I'm devastated, and he's like, oh, by the way, like, can we stop by Walmart? I want to buy this video game. <laughs> Yeah, 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 so... Can you buy the video game, then break up with me? Or the... Yeah, so we go to Walmart. <laughs> he's going to be so mad if he ever listens. Uh, but that's what happened. I'm guessing he's going to listen. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, babe. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm so young. This is this was like nine, ten years ago now. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, this is a very long time ago. You guys ago. were a lot younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so, so, you know, we break up. Um, we stay friends, though. Like that whole year, we were very good friends. It's hard to do. We we hung out all the time. Like we were like best friends, and he was like you know he was dating other people. Um, and then I think we dated again for like two weeks later on that year, a few months later. That like obviously two weeks didn't work out. So anyway, so <laughs> it's getting worse. Two months yeah, to two weeks. Yeah, exactly. The time is is, is diminishing. Um, and um, you know he obviously he was older than me, so he had more of like a you know relationship history at the time. And so there was I think there's things that were unresolved, you know, in that history before I even came in the picture right. that he needed to like let go of or resolve or you know fulfill whatever. Yeah. 
Um, and so anyway, so like years go by, we remain friends, but now we're no longer trying to even like do the thing. Um, and he starts dating this one girl that he'd been on and off, on again, off again with before I even was in the picture. And, um, you know, we all become friends. It's all, it's all good in the hood. And, um, eventually they, um, they were, they ended up getting married. And I was actually there when he bought the ring. He asked me for my help to, to buy. You're like the best bod kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, I was there for that. I was there when he this proposed. Is, this is a bit of a movie. Uh, I know. Like TM, right? Because, like, someone's going to buy these rights. Right. Um, I was there when he proposed, like, the whole thing. And then um, I was like, so am I going to be your best man or what? And he was like, well, he had, you know, he had other friends that were, like, you know that he wanted to do that with and he was like but can you officiate oh. our wedding and i was like absolutely i can so five minutes um universallifechurch.com um and i was universal life church minister and <laughs> his wedding was actually the second wedding that i did hmm. uh, because once people heard that i was doing his wedding they wanted me to do theirs so theirs was a little bit earlier so i do his wedding you know, I had this really nerdy, like, they didn't tell me what they wanted me to say. So they were like, yeah, just go, just go with them. Like, you know me, right? Just be yourself. Yeah, just be you. Yeah. Great. So I had this whole, like, tirade about how, like, the ring is circular, right? And so, like, p the number pi is associated, right? It's like You, what, you went so mathy. I went mathy. Yeah, and I was like, well, pi is an, inter is an international number, which means it never ends. Hopefully, much like this match. <laughs> I had this whole, I mean, it was a little bit more eloquent, but that's essentially what happened. Um, and so they get married, whatever. And then, you know, by that point, I'd already moved to Northern Virginia because I graduated um, and I was working. And um, anyway, so they, they ended up breaking up. Um, and he and I, we kind of looked, weren't really in touch over this time. Like, so for the record, I had nothing to do with them breaking up. Um, but they broke up. I'm glad we got that. Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just wanted to say I was not really talking to him at this time. Um, and like you know, he reached out and we started like talking as friends. And then I moved to Richmond, which was now only two and a half hours away from where he was living. He was still in North Carolina. And yeah, you know, we started talking again. And um, you know, it's been almost two and a half years. We're back together. And he moved here. And he moved here this past January. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> and I also. Um, I, I helped him with the paperwork for his divorce because it's a lot of like really redundant paperwork yeah, and like so process and stuff. Yeah, I think they make it hard. Yeah. in theory, just so you try to work it out. Yeah, and so I, I, you know, being the proactive wannabe lawyer that I am, I just like sorted through it, figured it out, told him when to go to court, when to get what notarized, what to do, and so I was there for the very beginning and the very end. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's not common. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And how long have you been seeing him now? Almost two and a half. Okay. Yeah. So it's not a two month or two week deal. Either. No, no, no. I think so. We we passed the two year cutoff, right? Which would have been the next logical step. So now I'm thinking maybe like two decades. Wow. Or, yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll check back in about seventeen and a half years, and I'll let you know if um if it worked out. <laughs> uh. But um but yeah, it's you know it's been good. But so the, the part of the story that gets even better because in case you were wondering. Does this get better? Absolutely, it does. Yeah. I had, when I started dating him again, I had just gotten out of um, a relationship with this other guy who was a terrible person, and he wouldn't get out of my house. <laughs> I think um, you and I briefly talked about yeah. this. Yeah. So, 
anyway, so you know, he and I break up, good riddance. I'm, you know, with with this new guy, and um, I ended up, you know, buying a house and moving into that. And as I about a month or two before I did that, he slid into the DMs of my boyfriend's ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then, as as I move, he helps me move. And then he moves to North Carolina and with her. Oh. <laughs> Are they still together? No, they they broke up like in October or something, I think. I did not see that coming. I know. Plot twist. Big time. Yeah, he's still in North Carolina too. Yeah. That's a, a interesting move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, the, I was, the world's so much bigger than that, right? He, I mean, it was like. It was wasn't an accident though. He didn't like stumble upon the no, profile. No, no. That, that was he knew exactly what he was doing, and he was very like, you know, like he, he thought it would like hurt me somehow. I think. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, just move on, man. Yeah. Like yeah. okay. Like I definitely won here. So. Yeah. <laughs> like do whatever you want to do. Um, but but yeah, I was, I always thought it was just so funny. I was like, in what world? In what world is in right? What world is this? And apparently in your world. your world. Yeah, my world. My world. <laughs> All right, who's going to be uh, more upset with you, your boyfriend or your mom? Oh, 100% report? my mom. 100% my mom. My mom, um, my mom was, you know, I told you, like, I'm a, I'm, on my way over here, she was, like, telling me what to mention and what not to mention. So I, I do want to mention, because um, I feel like I talked about my grandpa a lot, but not a lot about my mom. Yeah, please. Yeah. But my mom... First of all, she'd like me to put on the record that she has two master's degrees. Nice. Yeah, that's it's, right. it's there forever now. Yeah, yeah. So into the universe, my mom has two master's degrees. What are they in? Um, God, education and like something else. So she, she, she was, um, she studied uh, math and computer science, and um, mind you, she'd like never seen a computer in her life before she came to the states. Mm. So I think she, she'd tell me that she'd get physically ill at the sight of a computer. She'd get so nervous, but she was like, "No, that's what I'm doing." She's right. powered through it. Yeah, she's powered through it. There's no option. Like, remember, education, you know, what, what has the best, like, future return. She's the mom who grounded you for two months for this season, yes. the first two yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah. So she, she, and she took her five years to graduate, but she graduated, I think, top 10% in her class. Um, and, you know, new country, new language, away from her parents for the first time. Like, the first year, she just, like, did not, it did not go well. And so that's why it took her five. Yeah. And then she just, I mean, she just powered through. She just did it. And then she worked as a computer programmer for IBM for nine years. And then they had their layoffs. Um, and then she went to work for Chase, for Merrill Lynch, all these places in New York, Sony. Um, and now she's a therapist. So she, like, not not like a, a psychologist therapist, but more of like, um, like early education, like with children when mm. they have, you know, certain like delays or you know whatever it is she um she works as well. she, it's important she, work yeah so she went back yeah. to grad school like in her 40s i remember she was um you know uh, she was she was in school and all that so um she, she she didn't want her her degrees on the record there um but i think like the 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 important thing for me to say if she ever listens which I'm sure she will. I'm guessing the mom you're describing uh, is going to listen. Oh to yeah, she'll find this on her own, even if I don't like tell her. Like she'll, <laughs> she she googles me all the time. I think if she googles your name, she'll probably find it associated with this. Yeah. Fun. Well, yeah. I'll never hear the end of this one. Um, but I think you know, like um, my mom has just been like probably the number one driving force in my life for me to be 
anywhere near like the productive person that I am. Like, I think, I think I'm naturally like, yes, I'm naturally smart, like sure. Um, but I'm also naturally very lazy. Mm. And, and especially in high school when like, you know, your brain's not fully developed to Most make the right choices. Yeah. Right. For you, like, you're like, do I hang out or do I do homework? Like, obviously I want to hang, hang out. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And if it wasn't for her, like there was, I, I knew there was never any question that like college and my education, that was it. You know, like I tried actually like working in high school um, because, you know, uh, you know, money wasn't always like super flowing, right. um, which by the way, she like, like I, I somehow knew, but she never like let it show. Like she always like whatever I needed, she'd find the money. doesn't matter how much it was. Like it was always like, it, I don't know. It was like magic. Right. Later, now I'm looking back, I'm like, oh man, those finances were not good. <laughs> but it was just, it, it was never a problem. She made it work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I kind of see, and I you know, wanted to work for some pocket change. She was like, no, school is your job. You know, so I actually had to like, I think for two months in high school, I tried like um, working without telling her. Um, <laughs> when she found out that didn't She did well. not find out. This is, she never found if out. If she hears this, this will be the first time finding out. Well, you keep saying if, so when she hears this. When she hears she, this. That's when she'll learn it. Like, yeah, yeah. I was, I was a waitress for two months. I think it was like my senior year or something. Did you make good money? Uh, no, it was crap. It was crap. Tip's not very good? No, 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 no. But I mean, like for for 17-year-old, 16-year-old. Anybody's whatever, good. I was like, yeah. oh, 20 bucks. I'm rich. Yeah, 20 bucks you know? is a lot of money to a teenager. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I it was it was a lot. Like I, I quit. Um. Uh, but, but yeah, she was always like, you know, this is what it is. And it was never like an option. Like it was, I think the, the, just the knowledge that like, you know, this is what, like, this is what I have to do. And like, of course, all the schools that she put me through, put me in all the programs, all the, you know, her thing was always like, try anything once. Right. She wanted me to expose me to as much, as many things as possible. So I could choose what I liked, you know, uh, she didn't always listen to my choices, like the math school. I probably could have told her about a year and like, I don't want to do this anymore. But she was like, no, no, no. <laughs> this you don't get to choose, you know. But she had me do like skiing, snowboarding, ice skating, every sport, every activity, like nonstop. Like it was all the video games I played when I was little were educational video games. Like I, there's an Indiana Jones, I still remember. I was like Indiana Jones, like fourth grade math video game. That was it. Uh, um, all the even the board games like Mastermind, like the the um, I don't know, have you ever played it? Mastermind, highly recommend. I have not played it. It's just you're just trying to figure out a pattern. There's like there's like these different colored like dots, um, and like you you make a pattern with them and you hide it from the person, and they have to guess what the like what color and what order you've placed those dots, and they start by putting you know down what they think it is, and you can only you give them like. All you can tell them is how many they have right in the like right spot, and how many they have right the color is right but the spot is wrong. I, play, I, I played which. a version of yeah. This. Yeah, yeah. That was I was playing that four years old with her, just trying to figure out like uh, when you're was, I got real good. When yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so she, I mean, she and and she's um, so she's always pushed me to like uh, do this, and I think part of it was also like I realized that like I have an only child, right? She's my mom. Like, she's not going to become a millionaire tomorrow. And I, I think part of it was also, like, I, I've always known, like, my family, you know, you take care of your parents. Like, Absolutely. Like, that's just, I mean, not, I mean, I'm sure a lot of families, they are like this. But, you know, in mine, like, it was just, like, this is what it is. You know, if your parents need to live with you, they need to live with you. 
right? Like, that's what it is. Yep. And I was always like, I always knew that, like, I needed to do well. Because if I didn't, what was my family going to do? Right? What was my mom going to do? She's not getting younger. She's not having another kid. Like, yeah, you're going to have to take if care If I of mess up, like, if I take one wrong step somewhere, then what happens? Yes. So it's, I, I, I think it was good for me to not have, like, she gave me as much of a safety net as I could. Like, anytime anything happens, she's the most calm person in the room. Mm-hmm. She's just like, like, I got into an accident, car accident, my first one, that month after I got that license. And she, I called her at like 2 a.m. She was like, oh, it's a good thing you had your accident. It was bound to happen sooner or later. It's a good thing you got out of the way. Totally calm. Like, it's not a big deal. We'll <laughs> fix it. It's fine, you know. Oh, man. But at the same time, I realized I, didn't always, I wasn't always going to have that safety net, right? At some point. Um, you got to be an adult. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm still, I don't think, <laughs> I think still she's, you know, she's helping me. And, and my grandpa was the same way. He helped her until the very end. Are you going to end up back in New York or is mom going to come to you maybe? I don't think New York is in the cards for me anymore. Like, I, I, I lived there for a span of six months, like two, three years ago. And it just hit me different. Like, I it's, just... It's a lot to take, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I love it. Like, it's still my favorite city in the world. And, like, I have all my friends there and whatever. And, you know, and I, I love the city. But I like being able to drive somewhere and park right in front. Right. Without circling for three hours. Like... I like going through a drive-through, like hello Starbucks, you know. Yeah, and not like, not spending a thousand dollars in a day. Yeah, just yeah. So I, I just kind of like I like that. I, I I don't know if I'll stay in Richmond forever. Um, th- probably East Coast though. I'm an East Coast girl. East Coast, East Coast. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> <laughs> I do know what you're saying. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I don't know. It it may not be here, but she'll she'll move wherever I am. I don't think she's. Um, I don't think she really cares. Once she retires, she's gonna yeah. go wherever I go, and she's already told me I'm gonna buy her a house. So, do you think I I'm gonna buy her a house? You think your dad, granddad, at some point, uh, and your mom said, "Hey, America was absolutely the right choice, and we're happy about it," or is there some doubt there? You know, I think um, my mom has always known it was the right choice. Like, I mean, I think uh, it's always funny to me, like not like not to get political or anything, but I think it's funny when some people are like. Tell immigrants to go back where they came from. It's like, silly. The immigrants are like the most patriotic people. Yeah. Like they're like I I. They're so I had great. A choice, yeah. And I came here. Right. Like I didn't just happen to be born here. Like I chose this because I believe in this. And so, like I think you know, uh, I think my mom is very happy with this country, and then you know I'm very happy like that we came here, and I think I'm actually a pretty good example of the opportunities that are. Oh man, yeah. That are available, and like not not to downplay any of the, the issues that we have because like no, we're not perfect yeah, yeah and, and i have i do have a lot of advantages myself right like again my mom has two master's degrees right like so she 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 always knew what she was doing right um she actually like forced me into um like one of the best private schools in new york where admission is like harder than duke uh when i was five mm. so she she found a way in yeah um no matter what but um uh but yeah, so I don't know. I, I think she, I, with my grandpa, it's hard because he left his whole life, you know, and it's with him. I, I don't think he ever like questioned himself leaving. Like if his family left, he was going to leave. Right. There was no way he was going to stay anywhere without his family. Um, but I think it was just more of like, would he have been happy there? Like probably. Yeah. That yeah. was his whole, like I mean, 60 years old ish, right? Like 
movie. Can you imagine? Like, I can't. I can't. No. Yeah, like I, I would want to, especially somebody who don't know the language. Like, yeah. you know. Um, but I, I think ultimately, like, he was, you know, every achievement that I ever had was like the best day of his life. Yeah. You know, so. It's um, a cool connection. Yeah. You had. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Mila, this was fun. I think we said an hour and a half. It's been an hour 35. Um, people that we work with will be surprised it didn't go longer than this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great having you on. Thanks for coming out again. I really do appreciate it. I learned a ton about you tonight. I'm glad we uh, had an opportunity to do this. Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for uh, doing your very best to keep me on topic. Um, I think, like, listening back through this, I'm going to be like, wow, if I, if it wasn't me talking, I'd be so confused right now. <laughs> no, you're good. So... No, it's, it's not true at all. <laughs> but I was um, with you the whole way. Well, well, I guess that means that we did okay. Yeah, we did fine. Yeah. yeah. You don't you don't have to get a uh, an 800 on the on the podcast. Oh, I do, though. I'm very competitive. Yeah, yes, you are. It's all good, though. A-plus podcast, guys. Rate me number one. <laughs> yes, please do. That's fine. We, we like five stars. It's all good. But, but, but make sure you put it because of me. Yeah, you know, please say me, say Mila's name a lot in your in your review. That's right. All right, cool. Thanks, Mila. <laughs>